for tonight, guys. We are in our identity collection. So if you've been, um, you know, following us for the past few weeks as we've started our equip nights, um, we are in our identity collection. And um, the the topic for tonight is being a saint and not a sinner. And so I want to start off with a um, with a with a phrase and and just tell you right now that you are not a sinner. You are a saint. Um, so if you're out there, you know, that can, that can really seem, uh, you know, that can seem like, wait, what do you mean? I'm a saint and not a sinner. You know, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, we, I want to dive into that with you tonight and, um, challenge your thinking on some of these things. And, you know, you might be a person out there where you already have this revelation or you, um, have heard this kind of teaching before. Um, but I believe there's something that you can still get from this. And if you have not heard the um, you know, the reality that you are a saint, you're not a sinner. I want to dive into that with you tonight and um, just kind of uncover what that looks like and, and go after that with you guys. So I'll, I'll kind of share a little bit about my story, um, uh, a little bit about how, how I journeyed into this uh, revelation. And I, and I believe it. I mean, there's a lot of scriptural truth to this too. Um, but I want to kind of share with you my journey into this process or into understanding that I'm a saint and not a sinner. Um, so that started a few years back, guys. A few years back, I was um, at an internship. I mean, how many years was that? I guess that was almost seven years ago, actually. So not just a few, seven years ago. I was in this internship. And during that time, um, I was applying to this Bible school. And and the the process to get into this Bible school is basically you had to have this interview with one of the teachers there. Um, and they would ask you some questions about your faith walk, your journey with the Lord. Yeah, basically, they did not accept every single person into their ministry school. Um, they would only accept some people. And so it, was, it wasn't like they were um, seeing if they would accept you or reject you, but they, ne- they needed to see where you were at in your faith, in your character, in your walk with God. That was all really important to them because it was an advanced ministry training school. Um, and for those of you who don't know, that's, it, the school was Bethel. It's in Redding, California. An amazing time there. Love them, support them. So good. Changed my life. So during this interview, though, this journey for me understanding that I was a saint and not a sinner started in the interview because um, the lady wanted to hear my testimony. And so I, sh- uh, and, you know, when I began to share with her, um, I'm like, you know what? Like God has done amazing things in me and I have an amazing testimony, but you know, um, I'm just a sinner like the rest of us. And so, you know, I still struggle, but so then anyways, I got into my testimony and I felt like I needed to voice to her that I was a, you know, just a sinner as, as if I needed to humble myself or something. I don't know why I said that. So when I said that to her, she, she spoke to me. She said, Chris, if you're going to come to our ministry school, that's going to need to change. Um, and I looked at her and I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And she's like, Chris, you're not a sinner. You're a saint. And if you're coming to this school, God's going to change that in your heart. And I think that needs to change in you. Um, and I look, kind of looked at her and I'm like, well, what do you mean I'm a saint? Like, you mean I'm flying around in the sky and heaven with the other saints or that I'm this like perfect little school girl. I have no idea. Like I just had no idea what she's talking about. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, let's figure that out. You know? So that was the start of my journey. And when I went to the school and I started hearing the, um, the theological side of this and why there is scriptural tr- sound scriptural truth and doctrine about us being saints, it began to change my mind. It began to change the way I saw myself, the way I interacted with God, the way I saw the world around me. And I'm really hoping tonight that the Holy Spirit can speak to your heart too. And that this revelation, if this is something that has not clicked for you fully yet, or maybe you haven't even heard about it, I just pray that this could 
settle into your heart tonight. And I pray that this could edify you in your walk with God and add value to you. So when I went to this school, um, you know, I started hearing more about these teachings around this, this topic. And basically, guys, when, when we start to tell ourselves, um, you know, we're just sinners, we're, we're broken little sinners, um, and we, we always are, are telling ourselves that, that is a self-fulfilling prophecy, meaning we're literally telling ourselves what we are, and then we are doing exactly what we say we are. You know, it's just like if you're playing basketball and you always say, I suck, I'm terrible at basketball, I'm never going to amount to anything. Well, guess what? You are going to get exactly what you are saying, exactly what you wish for. Um, if you feel like you were always rejected in life and you say, you know, I'm rejected, no one's going to like me. Literally, anytime you interact with anyone, you have a mindset believing that you're going to be rejected. So you look for things, even false things of people rejecting you. In the same way, guys, when we always tell ourselves, Sinner, we're sinners, we're just sinners, we're sinners, we're sinners. We are literally creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's very interesting to me to see Paul in all the books that he's writing and all the books that he's addressing different churches and people in the New Testament. He almost every single time, and maybe every time actually, addresses the people as the saints, the saints in Ephesus, the saints in Corinth. And it's, there's this constant theme of us being called saints in the New Testament. Um, you know, in the Greek New Testament, the word for saint um, happens, I think, about 229 times. Now, in the English version, you know, in the English New Testament, the King James Version, the word saint is in the New Testament 60 times. I don't know why there's such a big difference. That's kind of weird. But either way, there's a lot of times this word saint is said in the New Testament. And so, guys, I believe that this is actually not a hard issue. I think, you know, people, when they have a very cyclical sin nature where they can't get out of sin, often it's actually not a heart issue that they have a bad heart and that they, they want to be doing this. It's actually usually a revelation issue. It's a revelation issue of not knowing your identity, not knowing um, of your nature that God has birthed inside of you and how he actually has changed you. Um, and I believe tonight that some of you out there are going to re receive this revelation in a deep way, and it's going to change the way you think. And that's my prayer. Um, and so, guys, we're going to go into – actually, before, before I dive into all this again, guys, a bit of my context is I, I grew up in a church, a very conservative church, lovely church. But I grew up in a church, and, and maybe in my family, I don't know. But along the way, there was always this narrative in my mind that I'm a, I'm a sinner. I'll always be a sinner. Um, and we're always broken. We'll always be broken. And, you know, we'll never come out of that. And it was this very defeated mentality um, that I do not believe that came from Jesus. I think it comes from our own humanity and our um, us trying to self-punish ourselves, saying that we're always going to be sinful and always going to be broken. Um, I don't believe that's true. I believe we need Jesus because... We are broken by believe. We were broken by believe. God uh, heals us, restores us, and gives us victory in our lives. Um, so we're going to be going into the New Testament here, guys. So I wanted to share five scriptures on my heart um, that talk about us being saints. And the first one is Hebrews chapter six, verse ten. It says here, "For God is not unjust, so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for His name in serving the saints, as you still do." So here, guys, the people in the church here um, are being addressed as saints. Romans 8, 27, it says here, And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So again, guys, we are being addressed as saints. 
Colossians 1, verses 11 to 13. It says here, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us transferred, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. I love this. This is 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those in every place call upon the name of the lord jesus christ both their lord and ours ephesians 2 verses 18 to 20 it says for through him we both have access in one spirit to the father so then you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of god built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets christ jesus himself being the cornerstone so I don't feel right now that I'm going to go preach on different scriptures there. But my main point is that throughout New Testament, we are consistently addressed. The church is consistently addressed as the saints. Now, this is very interesting, guys. I think, you know, for someone who grew up, for me personally, someone who grew up believing, you know, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. Paul is not addressing us and saying, and Paul is not addressing these churches saying to the sinners of Corinth, to the sinners of Ephesus, he's saying to the saints, um, it is really important, guys, to know that um, we are not only saints now in our walk with God, but we're called to be saints. We're called to not only realize our identity, but to walk, what, walk out what it means to be a saint. Before I carry on here, guys, uh, let's just talk about what a saint means, the definition of a saint. And, you know, this is something I was very curious when I was in Bible college because I'm like, hey, am I, you know, am I this little pretty girl in a white dress or am I this guy in heaven flying around what does this mean I'm sure a lot of you don't think about that when you think of saint so maybe that was just me but anyways um saint the definition of saint here is holy one set apart and sanctified consecrated and so let's look into those words right guys holy one guys we have been given the we have been given the nature of Jesus. He lives in us. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And his nature of holiness lives inside of me. Set apart, guys. We are set apart from the rest of the world, from the ways of the world. And if you're listening here and you're not a Christian, guys, it is not that uh, we are better as Christians at all. That's not what I'm saying. But when we come to Christ and give our lives and surrender to him, he sets us apart uh, from, from the sinful lifestyle we once had. Uh, we are sanctified. And what's sanctified, again, it means set apart, but it means to be declared holy and free from sin or purified. So maybe those words tonight, maybe those challenge you. You are holy. You are free from sin and you are purified. You know, maybe right now as I'm sharing to you, maybe that's rubbing you the wrong way or maybe that's giving life to you. Um, but I want to encourage you guys, this is what it means to be a saint, that we are holy, we are set, up, set apart, we are declared free from sin and pure, consecrated. What consecrated means here, guys, is we have been made or declared sacred, guys. We have been made and declared sacred from the Lord. This is something huge, guys. This is something that if you can understand this in your walk with God, if you can understand this um, and actually receive this and, and walk this out with the Lord and receive this revelation, um, it's going to change the way you see yourself and it's going to... I really believe that this is probably one of the greatest um, revelations you can receive in your walk with God to overcome uh, cyclical, sinful um, lifestyles or things that are going on that are, that are sinful. I believe it's this revelation of our saint nature. Um, 
You know, I think um, th- why this is so powerful to me, guys, because I think as I'm sharing with you right now, this this sermon or this this little time that I'm sharing with you, this puts to words things I felt when I was first saved. You know, I, I so some of you know, when I was first saved, um, I, I got it super lucky. I actually went to Costa Rica for, I think it was five months right after I was saved. So I went to camp when I was 16, got set on fire, went back home and basically um, went to Costa Rica for five months. I did online school and I was, it was a really beautiful time where I was away from the normal world where I could just be with God, enjoy my time with my family. And I was away from all these things. And during that time, I got to spend like an hour every single night with God and just be with him. And I began to feel his presence, understand who he is and really just began to grow close in love for God and, and, and feeling his love for me. And, and it began to change everything. Uh, but the part I want to highlight here is, guys, when I came back, I don't usually share this part of my testimony because it could seem like a fail, but it's not. But when I came back after five months, you know, the Lord has been changing my heart, working at my heart, and I still had all my friends who smoked weed. And so if you're listening out there, surprise, I used to smoke a lot of weed when I was in, you know, late middle school and high school until I got saved in grade, just after grade 10. So when I went back, you know, I, I was, my heart wasn't being transformed because I had a pastor or a preacher telling me do this or don't do that. I was spending time in the word, I was spending time with the Lord. And when I went back, I didn't have the full realization that smoking weed was bad yet. I think I just had this, you know, this, my own mindset where I was like, okay, it's, it's only good to do in moderation. It's not a bad thing, moderation, whatever. So when I came back after these amazing five months, I went and I saw some friends and um, my friends asked, Hey, do you want to smoke weed? And I said, you know what? Yeah, sure. That'd be great. Let's do it. And so I ended up smoking weed with my friends and, and I remember the, the instantly when I began to feel the high of the marijuana, I just remember look, looking at my friends and I'm like, guys, this is the biggest ripoff ever. And they're like, man, what do you mean? And I just told all of them, I was in a group of them. And I said, man, this is an absolute ripoff compared to the presence of God. And I just shared with him, you know, the, the way I feel with God and with the Holy Spirit around me, I'm like, I feel 10 times more high than I'll ever feel with this. Like, this is such a fake, like, it is so fake compared to what the presence of God is like and the presence of God and the love of God in your life. And from that, from that point on, I never smoked weed again. I never got drunk again. I, I just, from that moment on, I just realized, oh, these, these substances they're just a little band-aid to try to fix a wound that I used to have. But now my heart is full of the Holy Spirit, full, healed, and whole. And I don't need this fake thing. And what I want to, inc- I want to speak on that is something in my nature changed uh, from, from being broken and living a sinful life and, and, be, and walking with God. It was the revelation uh, that, you know, my nature had changed. You know, at one point, I did not feel like it was bad to lie, to steal, to hurt people, to smoke weed, to drink, to live a selfish life. I did not feel convicted. But yet, here I am walking the Holy Spirit, not having a pastor or someone telling me what's wrong and right, but realizing by the conviction of the Holy Spirit that this is no longer my nature. God completely changed my heart. Like, I do not need this. I don't need to smoke weed. I don't need to drink. I don't need to do these things. And what I want to point out here, guys, is what God did in my heart. And now that I know, now I know years later, God changed my heart. He, he, you know, he called me holy, he called me pure, and he changed my nature because it wasn't me living any longer, but Christ living inside of me. And I had a different moral system all of a sudden. I had, a different, I had different convictions. I had different feelings about the sinful lifestyle I was once living. And so, guys, I want to encourage you guys. A lot of times we say, what would Jesus do? And we have great 
you know, we have great things to say about, you know, love and forgiveness and being kind and being compassionate and being full of grace towards others. But I want to encourage you, Jesus is and was holy. Jesus is and was a man of high morals and he was pure. And we need to understand, guys, if it is no longer us who are living, if the old man is crucified and dead on the cross with Jesus, it was buried. We are alive in Christ now, guys. We are living and alive with the nature of Jesus in our hearts because the Spirit of God, as Christians, if you have given your heart to Jesus, he lives inside of you and you are one with him. I want to go into a couple of practical tools with you guys really quick before we um, go into some questions if people are commenting here. One of the most important things, if you're here, I want you to, to press into this right now on your couch as you're relaxing, just press into this for a moment. One of the most powerful things you can do with this um, is begin to process temptation and sin differently. And so what do I mean by that? You know, I think we need to realize, guys, that often a scheme of the enemy is he will put a temptation in front of you. And and instead of instead of saying, no, that is not my nature, I disagree with that and I rebuke that, that is not the nature of Jesus, therefore that is not mine. I will not receive that. We often take a temptation. We take the whatever thought, the lustful thought, the hateful thought, whatever it is, we'll take it and say, oh, this originated from my heart. Now, this is, this is huge, guys, because this, we need to purposely and intentionally focus on our new nature in Christ. We need to purposefully and intentionally uh, realize who we are in Christ. And when temptation comes, we need to realize that temptation because we are claimed to be by Jesus, that we are holy, set apart, pure, free from sin, that when temptation comes and sin arises, that we are not saying that is originating from me. Now, what I'm not saying again is not that you can't choose to sin. I'm not saying that you have, you know, you have this temptation to look at this website and then you click it and you look at it and that, you know, that, that is sin because you are partnering with it. But if you have a, a thought to look at this website or, or lie about this or, you know, say something behind this person's back, those things, you know, if there's a temptation to do it, I want, I want to encourage you guys, separate your identity from that. And what that looks like, and this is how I practically do it, is if I have a thought and, and it's negative or it's evil, you know, that's not bad. We need to realize, guys, Jesus himself was tempted. Jesus never sinned once, but Jesus was tempted just like us. Now, when sin comes in is when we grab a hold of a temptation and we partner with it and we say, yeah, I'm actually going to act on that. So I want to encourage you guys. The, the, the greatest way, the greatest way scripturally to, to move from this place, to realize that you're a saint and not a sinner and how to act on that and to, how to actually live from your saint nature is to take every thought captive. And that's 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. Now, I'm going to read here from the Passion Translation. Uh, it's actually 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5 and 6. It says here, We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. Now, listen here, guys. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, guys, listen, we have dynamic weaponry inside of us, the ability to take every thought captive and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. We stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. 
So guys, here, obviously in six, there is a, a, a point of us being submitted to God and completely obedient to God. You know, we cannot live in our nature unless you are completely surrendered and obedient to him and realize it's because he wants to lead you into freedom. That's why he wants us to be obedient to him. But what we need to do here, guys, is I think what the Lord is asking in this verse, and this might sound weird, but I believe he's asking us to be self-aware, to be aware of our nature, that we actually are holy. We are free from sin. We are pure. And that when temptation arises, we be self-aware enough to say, oh, Lord, I have this thought right now. You see me. You see this thought. This is, is this you or what is this? And we need to bring our thoughts before the Lord. It's an act, an intentional act daily, hourly, where, where we take our thoughts to the Lord. And guys, guess what? As we do this, as we do this hourly, daily, consistently, guys, we begin to realize really quick what are the thoughts of the enemy trying to come against us and what the thoughts of Jesus are. And so I want to encourage you guys out there. Um, guys, temptation arises not from within you, but against you. It's like arrows coming at you. And I want to encourage you guys, when those arrows are coming at, at you, know that you are a saint, know that you're pure, know that you're loved, know that you're free from sin and you are claimed as holy. Grab those arrows, grab those thoughts, bring them to the Lord and insist that they bow in obedience to Jesus and what his thoughts say about this. And so guys, I love you so much. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break here and just ask my wife if there's anything that we need to answer. As a saint, how does this define my destiny? I think the word define, I mean, that's a, that's a big word, but I think one of the biggest ways this helps you in your destiny, I'm just thinking practically for my walk with God. Um, I think, you know, you know, scripture talks about no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I think when we are aware that we are saints, I think this is one of the most important things for your destiny because, um, you know, it def I think the way it defines your destiny is that your destiny is yours, that God has given it to you. Um, and that there's nothing that you can earn, you can do to try and earn it. I think one of the greatest things it can, it does is it clarifies with you that, uh, it clarifies with you who you are during your journey in your destiny. I think that's one of the greatest things is just that, you are pure, you are holy. And I think, you know, one of the ways it defines your destiny is, again, it, it, it solidifies that you're, you're a saint. It solidif the, the revelation that you're a saint, it solidifies your identity. Um, and it makes it, it makes it impossible, really, really hard for the enemy to take you off track towards your destiny. Um, like, I think a lot of people, you know, you can see a lot of people who, um, have started a great move of God and there's a lot of great revivalists, but it has ended or it has been quenched because one of the leaders who God had chosen for that, you know, they had a sin issue in their life. And I think maybe had a, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that could have happened there. Like there could have been maybe something that wasn't healed in their heart where they had some past trauma. They didn't really deal with with the Lord. But I think a lot of times it's people not being aware that they are holy, that they're free from sin. And that when these, like, we need to understand guys, if, if you are going to pursue the destiny of God on your life, you need to understand that the enemy is going to come against you. He is. You know, I think it was Bill Johnson that said, you know, if you are not bumping into the devil once in a while, maybe there's a chance you're walking the same direction as him. And I could not agree more. I mean, I'm not going to tell people that you're walking in the same direction as the enemy because I don't know. But I think what you need to understand is that if you are going to fulfill the destiny in your life and and I believe whoever is out there, I believe you have a great destiny because I believe God has called you to do big things, great things with your life. Um, but you need to understand that on that track, on your destiny, the, the enemy is going to come against you in different ways. Um, 
you know, as you grow in your awareness and your mind, as your mind gets stronger and you are, your mind is being renewed in Christ and you're being solidified in your identity as a son or daughter of God. And you are getting stronger as a warrior, as a, as a, you know, as a believer, uh, the enemy is going to try and come in different ways. And, and I think it's so important because um, it's so important to know that you're a saint because the enemy is going to try to pull schemes on you, tricks on you and try to try to throw you off. But if you, if you can know in your mind that you are pure, that you are loved, that you are free from sin and that this thing has no power of you because this is your identity. Um, you're untouchable. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, please comment. Let us know if this helped you in your walk. We want to serve you guys. We want to provide content and topics that build into you. And if you guys have certain things you want us to cover, topics, questions, please send us. Uh, talk to us on Facebook. You know, message us on Facebook um, or email us at Christopher.Tamegi at castfire.com or Katrina.Tamegi at castfire.com. We want to love you guys and serve you guys. And hopefully you guys feel equipped today. 